Hello, welcome, and thank you for tuning into Channel Voices, the podcast for future channel leaders where we learn the ins and outs of partner ecosystems through casual conversations with channel professionals from a variety of industries, partner types, and geographies. My name is Maciek, and I'm your host. Hello and thank you for joining me again this week. I just wanted to let you know that I will be kicking off a newsletter which will be delivered via LinkedIn. So if you would like to receive that automatically on a monthly basis, then please make sure to follow Channel Voices page on LinkedIn. Also do join us in Channel Ecosystems group on Twitter. We'd be delighted to have you. And with all of these announcements out of the way, without further ado, let's get into this episode. Our guest comes with a great wealth of channel experience. She has worked as a trusted strategic advisor for Fortune 500 companies like Microsoft, Red Hat, VMware, IBM, Cisco, HP, and the list just goes on. She has successfully created and sold three businesses to date and is an angel investor. She also is a board member and vice president of strategy and operations at WeCan, which stands for Women Executives Channel Advisory Network. It's a group of senior leaders in influential technology companies with a common passion for lifting up and normalizing women in leadership roles in technology companies. Heather Zindel, welcome to Channel Voices. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I think it's a timely conversation um, that we're going to have today. We had the the CRN Channel Chiefs um, list released for this year. And obviously, a lot of analysts have already posted on this, and there's a lot of people commenting on it, et cetera, et cetera. And even in the Jay McBain's uh, monthly newsletter, he's done some analysis on it, analyzed how many companies, how many individuals were put up for the uh, for the channel chief of the year. But there's one person who called it out on LinkedIn on, um, on that post. I think it was um, Kathleen Martin. And she analyzed it as well, but from the um, from the diversity and inclusion side of things, and it's um, and she found that less than twenty five percent of the channel chiefs on that list were women, and that's something that uh, we'll be discussing today. And how can we get more women, not only into te- into technology, but also how can we promote women in in the channel? So no better person to speak to than, than yourself, Heather. You are involved with the We Can organization. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. And and first, um, I, I want to just comment on uh, those stats because when I joined We Can, which stands for the Women Executive Channel Advisory Network, and our mission is to elevate women in tech to leadership. And specifically, our goal is around gender equity at the VP level at technology companies and their downstream channel partners. Um, One of the first things I was asked to do when I joined the board was to write a blog from my perspective. And the first thing I did last year was take a look at the most influential channel chiefs that CRN put out. And um, you know, the statistics, you know, in last year's uh, list were uh, a little less than 25%. And if you were women, and if you look at that, um, less than 3% were, uh, you know, African American or women of color. So uh, it's not surprising the statistics this year, I looked at the list as well. And um, we have a long way to go to get to gender equity 
in tech and in the channel. For sure. I mean, the, the numbers are there and they're, they're quite clear. Before I get into what you do at We Can, can you tell us a little bit about your channel background? Yeah, sure. So I started my tech career with a French-owned uh, reseller that supported just about every major distribution channel out there 20 years ago. And so I had a fast indoctrination into the channel and, and just found it fascinating. And since then, um, I've been the CEO of uh, fast-growing professional services companies. I've sold three of them in my career, um, the last one just recently. And our specialization and my superpower has been around enterprise sales and channel transformation and strategy. And I've probably overseen about a thousand projects that are strategic and touch the channel or are direct channel strategy projects with big SaaS companies like Red Hat, VMware, Microsoft, Facebook, um, HP, Cisco. Um, you know, I've, I've worked one way or another with uh, thinking about this ecosystem for a lot of years. Thank you very much. And so that's your background, and you now came in into the We Can organization. Can you tell us what is the primary mission? Yeah, the We Can was started by Lonnie Phillips, who's the current VP of the US Channel uh, Sales Organization at Microsoft, and Gabriella Schuster, who um, worked 25 years at Microsoft as corporate vice president. And it was really started um, as they looked around the table and and saw you know sort of this underrepresentation of women um, in the channel. And if you think about it, the channel is such um, an interesting, ever changing, and I would argue pretty complex ecosystem of companies, and it's difficult to master. Um, and so you're not only uh, looking at how you rise in an organization as a leader with soft skills, but also those hard skills. And where do you go to learn about the channel? You don't really learn it in education, in, in college, uh, at the depth that you need it. And it's, it's trial by fire once you get into your career. And so it's, it's difficult to rise up in the channel um, because you have to be an expert in marketing and sales um, in complex business models. And so it's an area where I think um, people in general struggle to be successful um, as well as women. And we can is really there to figure out how do we actually change the game with gender equity um, at a leadership level. Obviously as a, as a woman, you would have had your own challenges in the past to advance your career. How does that compare to the barriers that women face today when they're trying to get into those leadership roles in the channel industry specifically? Well, I think, you know, when you talk to women, um, the themes are pretty consistent um, after you've, you've had a number of these conversations. And the barriers that women cite typically start at a personal level. There is the difficulty in balancing um, caregiving um, and work. And that's caregiving when you're young uh, and caring for children. There is really the very topic that most people don't talk about later in their career is the need to care for family and parents. 
And something that we don't talk about at all is self-care. How do you balance the needs to take care of yourself, your work, and your family? So there's a very personal thing that can be a barrier to women um, being able to really give a company 200%. Then you've got systematic issues around bias um, and sort of old school thinking that get in the way. You've got organizational issues where lack of programming uh, that's really needed to help women with executive sponsorship, coaching, mentorship, those kinds of things um, don't exist in all companies. The very biggest companies are really quite progressive and in the forefront of providing these kinds of services for women. But when you move into the channel to more of those mid-sized companies, it just doesn't exist. And then you've got... um, you know, accountability from women themselves who uh, have got to work on hard skills and their soft skills equally. And they need to go find those tailored services and training that are really going to help them where they've got weakness and gaps. And then, you know, women say they just suffer from a lack of confidence in certain situations. For example, when there is a, a table full of men, that might be intimidating for women. Uh, They might have low confidence um, in executive presence. You know, the idea that when you're meeting with people at a higher level than you, you're nervous. So how do you overcome some of these things that create confidence? And then lastly, what I would say is women work a lot and very hard on all of these things and may get to the point where they're really qualified and then completely bomb in the interview. And so there's a barrier there when they can't pull it all together for the interview and really show up in the best way possible to go get the job. Right. Okay. Can and do companies create a more inclusive culture? I mean, you know, create something that support the advancement of females into leadership roles and then again that I, I think it's a general general question it's not it's not just about the channel but can companies change this and create a more inclusive environment oh i absolutely think they can and i think you know tech is one of the most culturally diverse and progressive industries out there Um, where we've seen the most progress. I feel very lucky to uh, have spent my career in tech for that reason, and not that reason alone. But I think when you think about an inclusive culture and what it takes to build one, I think people focus a lot first on the how and the what. And I think a lot of people already know the why, but I think the more interesting question is on the who. Because if you really look and ask 10 people who's accountable for DEI specifically, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then a subset of that very specifically is gender equity. You're going to get 10 different responses. And there's different schools of thought here. Some believe that it's everyone's responsibility. And of course, that's a true statement. We should all be good citizens at an organization and, um, and respect diversity. But some would say that it's the executives and management that are responsible. And then there's a whole other group that believes, you know, it's some dedicated DEI committee or task force that's responsible for it alone. And I think the answer is somewhere between all of those, you know, personas and roles. Um, I think we all have 
to have a stake in this game and we all have to try and drive it. For sure. I think that being a good citizen, I think that that plays a huge role. In the end, it, do, it does come down to individuals and how we behave and what our um, values are in terms of you know, best practices for mentoring and sponsoring women in the channel and help them advance their career or not even help, enable them right, to advance mm-hmm. their career. What can be done? What are the some of the best practices that you would have seen? Well, I think, you know, to start, um, you have to ask yourself as a company, are you really truly committed to making, you know, real change happen? Um, or are some of these DEI declarations, you know, just sort of window dressing? It, it takes a lot to actually start to systematically um, improve diversity and inclusion and equity in a company. And it's a, it's multi-year and it never is done. It's not one and done. And one of the, the criticisms that we hear often is there typically is a lot of momentum investment and then, you know, leaders change and it gets deprioritized. And so there's this perception that there's a lot of fits and starts around this. So I would say first companies have to make Um, a lifetime commitment to it. It's not an annual commitment. Um, That's number one. I think number two is if you you want to move beyond just uh, the window dressing and and be serious, I think it's important to bring third parties in to do assessments, to get the pulse of what, what women really think in a safe, confident, confidential environment. Uh, because it's amazing what you hear when you have safe circles of women talking about what's yeah. really going on outside of the four walls of their organization. So I think those are two things. And then I think the biggest thing that companies can do, the most impactful, is to ensure that women who are qualified, capable, and have the potential to move up get two things absolutely. They get mentorship. And they get an executive sponsor who can advocate for them. And when the time comes to get promoted, we'll be there to advocate and put their name in the hat. And that was going to be one of the questions um, that I had prepared. And I thought I'd, and you answered that already. But I was around, you know, how do we how do we make that a culture? How do we make it into something that is ongoing and isn't just once a, it isn't just done once a year? In terms of the how companies leverage the diversity of, leader, of leadership roles in general. What what have you seen, or have, do you have any particular success stories that you could share? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know the women that we um, in our organization that we mentor and coach, and then of course there's 23 women on the board, um, and they are all VP or higher in the channel who are, are taking the learnings and the insights and the feedback that we continually get as a nonprofit in our organization and apply it in, in their own. The most success stories of women who are advancing are those that a couple things are happening. One, they have mentors and coaches either inside the company or outside. We really advocate that they go and get executive sponsors and make their case for an executive sponsor who will take them under their wing. Doesn't necessarily have to be a woman. Um, it's it's any great leader um, who can be their their sponsor within the organization. And 
I think success often comes when you sort of acknowledge that, unfortunately, the DEI programs that exist, if they exist, are much more programmatic in nature. They're not really tailored to individuals. They can't be because that doesn't scale for companies. So where we've seen the most success is where women have taken their training budgets and applied it to outside companies to get the training to strengthen their weaknesses and sort of fill their gaps. Um, And they've looked outside their organization to get very tailored roadmap for success. And the women that do that, and they really put the time and investment into those areas, uh, we've seen get the promotion and get to the next level. Can you recall what was the best advice that you would have received when you were trying to progress your career in channel or within your within your own businesses that you have created? Um, can you recall one single one that, w- that made the biggest impact? I think for me, um, a leader that um, I knew told me, you know, be the voice, not the echo. Albert Einstein said that. And, and what he meant by that was to be a leader and to move up is to have, you know, an authentic voice and to be a thought leader. You know, companies need you to think about innovation and how to help them progress their objectives and priorities. And it's difficult to do that if you are just echoing what's already out there. So to be the voice and to be that thought leader and to help the companies that you know you work for move to the next level, you've got to spend a lot of time researching, asking questions, learning, um, figuring out how to connect the dots because the channel especially is really complex and it, and it gets more complex every day. So if you want to be a great channel leader, you have to work on all those soft skills and get the mentorship and get the executive sponsor, yes, but you also have to really double down and be a thought leader with those hard skills and understanding of the complexity of the channel. Because if you can do that, you will be an invaluable asset to any company. And then lastly, you know, I think it's really important to align to the business priorities of the company. And that's another piece of advice, which is you need to understand what they're trying to do and focus your hard skills around how to do that. You know, I worked with Microsoft for a lot of years and I was there during the years when Steve Ballmer was trying to pivot from, you know, an on-premise software company to the cloud. And at the time, there were a lot of people in leadership that didn't have the, the cloud chops. That's unheard of now. No one would, would even question that if you're in tech. But back then, that was a whole new area of learning. And if you wanted to rise up, you had to figure that out really quick. Well, thank you for sharing in this story as well. Women Executives Channel Advisory Network, and we will link to, um, to your website, of course, in the, in the show notes. Should women out there be contacting you proactively? And if so, how can they do that? And what maybe what is it that they typically contact you about? Yeah, great, great question. Yes, of course. Um, we can has um, programming for individual women to access programming and services that help them um, get that mentoring and coaching and soft skill development that they really need at three moments you know, in their career. One is to get ready for the interview. Um, 
excuse me, to get ready to apply for the VP role. So to take a really good look at your skills and how do we actually skill you up to get ready to apply. The second big moment is to get ready for the interview. You don't want to waste all that effort just to get to the interview and then not really be successful there. And then once you get the VP role, how do you actually show up and lead strong in the first 90 days? So you can go to our website, you can reach out, there's an email for more information, um, and we can chat about the individual programming that's available. We also have sponsorships and memberships for companies, whether it's a tech company or channel company that really believes in gender equity and wants to be able to offer uh, these services and sponsor scholarships for women so that they can access these services over a one-year or two-year period to help them get to the next level. So any director-level woman who is interested in getting to a VP level, we'd love to hear from you. Excellent. Thank you for that. And we'll make sure that all of the links are accessible from the uh, from the description here. And that was going to be another question. So obviously individuals can contact you and you said that companies can as well and they can they can sponsor. And do those companies typically already have these type of programs in place or do they come to you for advice on how to kick something like this off? Because they have recognized that yes, maybe we do have a problem or two, we want to keep going the way we're going and don't lose the focus and make sure that we give those opportunities equally. When you speak to the companies, do you also provide these types of services where you can help them get something off the ground? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, DEI in and of itself is a really big topic and we are specifically focused around gender equity, which is, you know, one aspect of DEI. And we can't be here to help stand up a DEI or even gender equity um, initiative. You know, the, the best companies we work with already recognize this is, a, this is an area they want to invest and commit to. They typically have initiatives that are up and running, but where they have a gap and where they need outside help is they've got programs that are more one-to-many in nature and they don't really offer women customized, tailored services to help them focus um, on those soft skills that are needed. Um, so we really come in as a complement to typically the initiatives that they already have stood up. We help drive awareness about some gaps they may have, but then we really quickly focus on how do we help your rising stars at the director level who have the potential to get to that VP rung on the ladder, how do we help them with very tailored, customized services, mentorship, coaching, and things like that to help their soft skills in those three moments in their career journey? Again, you know, before they apply, when they interview, and the first 90 days, that's where we really can help complement and help. And of course, that's a win for companies because companies want to keep their rising stars. They want to retain them. It's so costly to lose women who are disenfranchised or don't have the opportunities to rise up. So this is a way for them to retain great talent at the company. And McKinsey's done the study year after year that basically says the top quartile for gender diversity on executive teams are 25% 
or higher more likely to have above average profitability. It pays to have equity and leadership and diversity in leadership. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on to the podcast and highlighting these challenges that are out there for the female workforce in in the channel specifically and how you help them. I hope this gives those female listeners a forum, a way forward and they know where to reach out and and take on board some of the advice that you have given throughout this discussion so thank you for that and then question i always ask what's the one thing you wish you knew before you started your channel career well it's not specific to the channel but it's the best advice i ever got in my entire career is as a leader make every interaction positive and That is a really hard thing to do, and it's a really powerful thing because what it really means is even when you have to deliver tough messages as a leader to employees or to peers uh, or even to those that lead you, you do it in a positive way. I, I think that's one of the best things I ever learned in my career about leadership. That's a great piece of advice. Thank you for sharing with us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic and I uh, really love the podcast. And I think it's super important what you're doing, Matchek. So thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Heather. And we hope to have you back in the near future as well. Wishing you all the best. And please drive forward the, uh, the change for women in the channel. It's very important for all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for this episode. I do hope you found it valuable. And if you did, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also follow Channel Voices podcast on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Or just visit channelvoices.com where you can send me a message or leave a voicemail. All of the links are listed in the show notes. And once again, I appreciate you tuning in today. Until next time.